the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. It's great to be with you again from 3 to 5 each and every day like we are together. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and uh, former Nord Stream Pipeline security guard. Not really going to talk about that issue. It's also it's Nord Stream Pipeline, not Nordstrom Pipeline. So your shoes are okay. All right, it's something going on in Europe. It's a big deal. It would be the number one story if not for Hurricane Ian. And uh, so we'll talk about that another time later in the week. What we're watching happen in Florida is very significant. Maybe the third strongest hurricane to hit in 100 years or something like that. And uh, it's hitting right now. So Florida is under the worst part of the storm uh, right now as we are on the air. So we want to talk about that. Here's a question for you. Have you ever been in a hurricane? Have you lived in a place where there were hurricanes? Or maybe you were visiting when one happened? I watched a bunch of clips from Disney World, and the rain was just pouring down and beating down, and the wind was, and they were still open. And uh, which is probably an amazing time to be there because the crowds were thinned out. You know, I, I like to go when it rains anyway. Uh, it's hitting the whole state. Have you ever been there? What was it like uh, to have to board up your house or your business? And uh, could you share that with us? What do we need to know about what is going on with people and what recovery is like? This is going to take a long time to recover, a long time after it's out of the news. Give me a call right now. The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can always call that number to join our conversation. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. All right, so the big news is Hurricane Ian is hitting uh, Florida very, very hard. And uh, earlier today, I heard Governor DeSantis basically announce that if you were in certain counties, uh, the time to evacuate is over. You can't get out. There will, you will not be safe getting out. You just need to uh, batten down the hatches. And uh, it is uh, – I just heard that, and I thought, wow, I wait – people probably did. They waited too long, and I understand that. I think it would be hard for me to leave my house, especially if I felt like I've boarded it up and maybe I've got a basement or a storm shelter or something. Uh, a few moments ago, Governor DeSantis had this to say. This was about, uh, I don't know, 45 minutes ago. There are – as much as we're focused on Southwest Florida, very important, obviously, when you have a storm of this nature. Uh, I think at landfall, it's going to be behind only the Labor Day hurricane, Hurricane Andrew and Hurricane Michael in terms of intensity. Uh, I think we're going to end up seeing that. It may end up being a Category 5, but at a minimum, it's going to be a very strong Category 4 that's going to rank as one of the top five hurricanes to ever hit the Florida Peninsula. So so that damage is, is ongoing it's very, very important. Uh, but the fact is, there's going to be damage throughout the whole state, and people in other parts of the state uh, be prepared for some impacts. 
All right, so maybe maybe it's uh, one of the top ones ever to hit Florida, okay, in the past several years. Here, Hurricane um, Category 4. I think 5 is the top, top category. I don't think there's a 6. I think it just goes up to 5. And uh, so it's pretty bad. What's been your experience? Have you gone through a hurricane before? Have you gone through this period of time where, you know, what's interesting to me growing up in Southern California is we hear about this with, you know, we have earthquakes to deal with. Uh, primarily, that's our big thing, and fires, of course. Uh, but you don't, you do some prep for fires, right? You clear out the brush around your house if you live somewhere else. There's all kinds of rules about that, and it'll save your house, you know, if you take the time to do that and manage it well. In earthquakes, of course, we have earthquake uh, preparations, and we try to build things or retrofit them today in our state so that they uh, don't collapse uh, for most earthquakes. Uh, but earthquakes are different, right? There's no evacuation route, really. You know, there's no, if you ever go down south where they get these hurricanes, you look on the freeways and they have evacuation route signs. And they're all over the place. They're, this is how you leave the beach. This is where you get up into the hills and however far you have to go. I noticed in California, we did put tsunami signs up in some beaches uh, recently. Um, we did have that tsunami that was, what, just a, like a foot last year. And uh, it did some damage. I think it did some damage to some ports in the San Pedro. But mostly we are dealing with um, earthquakes, and it's just different. You don't really prepare in the sense of you don't know when it's coming. You don't have, you know, it's not like it's, okay, it's Wednesday today, and so uh, there is an earthquake brewing somewhere in the tectonic plates, and we've noticed this, and we expect it might hit Sunday or Monday, so you better start preparing. We don't have that kind of lead into our our natural disasters really here in California. And uh, I don't know, is that better? I mean, if you move to Florida and uh, to get out of uh, all of the uh, difficulties here in California, are you you still feeling it now or do you uh, maybe wish you hadn't? Earthquake, it just happens and you rebuild. It's like a procrastinator's dream as far as uh, that goes. That's what you want to do. 888-528-2557. Uh, 888-528-2557. What has been your experience with hurricanes? If you have any, if you have some or a family friend, what has uh, that been like? We'd love to hear that story. And, and it would help us know how to pray for those who are fleeing the hurricane, those who have been displaced. I think, uh, you know, I'm looking at some of the video on the news right now, and in some places the storm surge is so high, it's as high as the uh, the whole first story of a house I was looking at a few minutes ago uh, is underwater, uh, where that is. So that house and probably everything in it is destroyed. There probably wasn't much time to pack. The power goes out, of course, and uh, it's going to be out for a long time. Uh, this is Cherie Jacobs. She works for uh, Tampa Power, and she was discussing this on Fox News earlier today. Right now, Tampa Electric has about 80,000 customers without power, and we're seeing the outer rain bands of Ian affecting us. They've been affecting us all day. We know there's a long night ahead of us, and we expect that number to rise. And that was just the beginning of the storm. They were just getting the outer bands of the storm, so that was earlier today. And uh, she did talk about how people are ready. I mean, that is something that is encouraging, maybe some good news. People are ready to get out there and uh, start to rebuild once the storm passes and get that power back on. Here's what she said. It does. So on the on the positive side, we have 3,000 workers who are, in addition to our regular crews, here ready to help us restore power as soon as the winds die down enough that it's safe to work. And for us, that's about 40 miles an hour. And uh, already the winds are much higher than that. So it, it 
until the storm passes and the winds have died down, then those folks who've come from as far away as Oklahoma and Indiana, those folks are poised and ready to help us get the power back on. So that's also something that happens and maybe something that you might think about in the back of your mind is that people come from all over the country to help out. There are groups of people, churches, in fact, often have disaster relief ministries that have trucks loaded that are just ready to go at a moment's notice. And lots of people come out uh, for these things. So people are getting ready. I think that's something that is part of our experience right now is just as people with these disasters is that we do know how to get out there and uh, start to rebuild That is part of it. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. The number is 888-528-2557. If you'd like to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. I'm I'm reminded I need to say the number slower. 888-528-2557. And um, so there you go. You can call and join the conversation. I'm real curious if you've gone through this before. What was your experience of evacuating, you know, what happened in the town you were in? Um, maybe there's not that many people who've actually moved to California from uh, that part of the country. The the winds that go on, Category 1 hurricane, the sustained wind speed. So not the gusts, but just the constant wind speed of the lowest category of hurricane is 74 to 95 miles an hour. Um, that's like every Tuesday up in Palmdale. Not really, but it always was when I was playing left field in high school baseball. Uh, balls hit to left field, and you start to catch it, and you catch it somewhere in right field. It's just the wind would just blow it all the way over there. Uh, category 2, hurricane, 96 to 110 miles an hour wind. Think about that. You know, I, I, what does that feel like? They put these poor reporters out there. Have you seen this all, all over the news? I think the reporters like doing it, right? But there's all these guys who are out there and they've got helmets on now. The helmets is new. I've never noticed the helmets on these these reporters before. It's a, it's a sign of the times, right? They got to wear a helmet and the goggles. Kind of like in baseball where they have the, the champagne victory after a playoff win or something and now half the team wears goggles. I have to admit, I don't like it. I, there's just something. I, and it's to protect the eyes. The eyes are going to get burned, I guess. And you want to you wanna be able to see for the for the next series but are you telling me that uh you know the 1970s dodgers and yankees were blind to the next day i don't think so i think they did fine uh the hurricanes though i get it because there are branches and and debris flying through the air there's probably been some people really hurt uh this is a guy who is on a dock and uh, the dock is just rocking and he's standing there in her in a helmet and he's got the glasses on and he's got the whole thing going on trying to report and uh, what's going on um, in this hurricane. Uh, His name was Robert Ray. He was on Fox earlier. Conditions deteriorating in a major way here in downtown Fort Myers. Uh, I'm standing on a harbor here, and you can see, Neil, in the distance, uh, the winds just rocking those boats back and forth, and the palm trees just getting kicked around. And look at this. I mean, you know, there are palms all over Fort Myers, everywhere. This is what you see up and down these roads. And look in the distance over there. Look at that fire hydrant that has blown up, it's popped up, Uh, it's blowing water out along with the rain and the winds down trees over there in the distance, the tarp uh, is coming off of that boat. And so it's a situation of unraveling here uh, in downtown as Ian is coming ashore here uh, today. And you watch this guy and the the dock is shaking back and forth and it's, it's unraveling all around him. 
and you start to worry. You go, you know what? Is he is he going to just be, you know, are we going to watch something terrible happen to this guy? Now, sometimes the reporters fake it, right? There's a famous video of a reporter who is in the aftermath of the hurricane and the flooding, and she's in a canoe, and she's canoeing down the street, and I think it was on NBC or something. She's canoeing down the street and talking about how deep the water is, and it's a live shot, right? So she's in the canoe. And literally, she's got the oar, and she's kind of rowing, and she's rowing out in the middle of an intersection. And during the live shot, these two guys who are carrying bags of groceries walk right in front of her. And it turns out the water is only like six inches deep or something, you know, and she was kind of exaggerating what the situation was with that. But, you know, a lot of these people, they're brave to get out there and uh, really, really deal with it. Uh, Hurricane uh, Category 3 considered a major hurricane. That's winds of 111 to 129 miles an hour. And a Category 4, that's what this is. This is sustained winds, sustained winds of 130 to 156 miles per hour. And the Category 5 is 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 bigger than that, bigger than 156 miles an hour. I don't know why it's 156 and not 150. Why do they pick 6? I don't know. But uh, that's what they did. That is... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to experience that, right? I've been in a place where maybe an, a car, you know, a race car will fly by me, uh, maybe doing, you know, 100 miles an hour, and you feel this wind sort of for a moment right past you. Is that a 100 mile an hour wind? Probably not, right? It must be must be much slower than that. Um, that's what people are dealing with, and it's it's really, uh, it can be very scary. It's the flying debris, the debris, and the flooding. Uh, that happens, and uh, hopefully we'll not have any loss of life, and maybe we have, but I haven't heard that yet um, going on. Have you been in a hurricane before? Have you gone through? Have you ridden one out? Um, give me a call. Let me know, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, if you just want to join our conversation. You know, one of the things that is that will happen and it will happen whenever this is over and it happens whenever there's a a natural disaster is there's great opportunity for for ministry and that opportunity won't be just in the initial cleanup okay if you're nearby you might go out there and, and help clean it up and some people you know if that's your if you just feel that calling you might get on a plane and and fly out there and help clean it up but the thing is is that there'll be cleanup for months maybe years uh of a hurricane this big our church, after Hurricane Katrina, that was the, the big one that hit New Orleans and had all of the controversy, and it was a disaster at so many different levels, uh, not just the natural disaster, but the political disaster, and the, the particularly the local government. You know, they blamed Washington, but really the local people dropped the ball on a whole lot of it. Um, we decided, hey, we want to do something. We prayed about it for a while, and we got involved with a group that would help you adopt families. So there were families who just needed tremendous help, a lot of poverty in uh, the suburb areas of New Orleans, even in New Orleans, the city, different wards, and some of the coastal cities in Louisiana, if you've ever been out there headed on into uh, Alabama, Mississippi, extreme poverty in the United States, you know, not extreme for us, but people are very, very poor and needed a lot of help and, and needed a lot of recovery. And a year later, people were still not had made no progress in recovery. That's where people are. And it's pretty significant. You know, something that you might want to do if you're looking at this going, gosh, I wish there was a way to help. 
think about it this way. There's going to be a need for help for a long time, long after it goes out of the news. <clears throat> there might be even other um, there might actually be other natural disasters that happen in the meantime. Our church, eventually, we adopted a family, and we worked really hard to make sure that we weren't being defrauded. There's a lot of fraud, sadly, with this, right, and organizations who will ask you for money. And, you know, it's um, these organizations, some of them are really good, and they already have on their website, Hurricane Ian, send us money, and we'll help out. And most of them are pretty good. But there are there's a lot of fraud out there. Hurricane Ian, send me some money. And you've never heard of them. And they they can put up a website in just a few minutes. And so you got to be careful with that. And the adopting of a family, you got to be really careful because the, the fraud that goes on is very detailed. They will send you pictures. They will send you thank you cards. And um, the way that one of the ways you know it's fraud is this typically. And this happens in a lot of ways with fraud is they won't ask you to send cash or deposit money in a bank account necessarily. What they'll ask you to do is go to the supermarket and buy a gift card and take a picture of the front and back of the gift cards, like a Visa gift card, a cash one, and take a picture of the front and back and then send them those pictures. And then what they can do is they can go online and buy stuff with it. Uh, If somebody's asking you for that, it's probably fraud. If they're not giving you an address to mail it, um, don't do it. If you do not have a physical address to actually mail a gift card, if you're you know a part of something like that, don't do it. In fact, that person is probably – I've worked with the FBI on this because the fraud happens a lot. It happens to seniors. It happens to lots of people. And the FBI has an entire organization out of Colorado that deals with this specific fraud. And those agents told me that most of these people, they don't even live in the United States, that the fastest way to get money out of the country is to – have you go down to Ralph's and buy a gift card and photograph the front and back and send them an email with it. So don't do that. Instead, be patient, pray, and seek to adopt a family. There'll be lots of families who need help. There'll be lots of people who need help, and it might be months before you do that. Uh, but the need is great. We adopted a family, we meaning my church, so not not just my family, not just Christy and I. We adopted a family that lived in New Orleans, and uh, we went out there after Hurricane Katrina a year later. And I got to tell you, when we landed there in New Orleans, and I'd been there before a couple of times in that city before the hurricane, that city a year later was still barely recovering. There were still glasses, you know, pieces of glass blown out of the buildings, the skyscrapers that hadn't been cleaned up. It still had a smell to it, not the usual New Orleans smell, the the smell of the post-hurricane and all the, the water and all the stuff that was there. It was very, very slow to recover. And when we got out to the different uh, parishes, it's what their neighborhoods basically are, uh, are called, so many people, especially in the neighborhoods that are much poorer, people had still not moved into their houses, like almost nobody. A year later, were still not living in their house. They were living in a FEMA trailer that was in the driveway. And we noticed that the FEMA trailers were nicer than some of the houses, which was some of the, the reason for not moving in, right? You get a nice, uh, a nice RV you're living in all of a sudden, and you're like, hey, I'm not in a big hurry to get back into my house that's destroyed. Um, but the family we adopted, they were eager to get back, and we took a team of people from our church. We were there several days. We, when we helped them rebuild, we did drywall. We did all of this stuff, and uh, they cooked for us. And uh, I have never eaten so well in my life. In fact, that was a, it was a hindrance to doing a lot of the work is the fried catfish and other things that I can still taste it. It was amazing. 
um, the fellowship we had, the relationship that was ongoing for a long time, it was a good thing to do. It's a good mission trip for you or your church or different groups that would do that. You can look into Samaritan's Purse or some other groups that probably will go down there eventually if you're looking for something. Can I encourage you as you think about this hurricane, as you're watching this on the news, to realize that there are people who need great help. There are churches who are going to need help rebuilding or taking care of people in their fellowships. And this is an opportunity to to help. Sometimes you send money, but sometimes you go yourself. It'll change your life uh, to see this, to actually put that drywall drywall back on somebody's house, to help them rebuild their kitchen, to help them uh, put in new appliances, new toilets, new sinks, all the stuff that is just there. And people are, are so discouraged when you get there and so encouraged when you leave. It's a good thing to do. Can I encourage you to do that? Uh, just some thoughts as we're looking at this hurricane. And uh, if you've ever been in a hurricane or had the experience of what's going on and you want to add to this conversation, love to hear from you. The number is 888-528-2557. What was your experience like? What did you learn? What should we know that some people are going through right now? 888-528-2557. You can send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today. We are watching the hurricane that's going on in Florida, Hurricane Ian, that has made landfall, and it's pretty devastating what is happening right now. I'm curious to whether or not you, anybody listening, has been in a hurricane. I think a lot of us have been through earthquakes and fires, but how many of us have done the uh, hurricane routine and had to go through that? Give me a call and let me know your story, 888-528-2557. What do we need to know about that? 888-528-2557. Paul in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. Yes, I was in the Navy, and I was, this has been 1971, and the ship I was on was built in Boston. It outfitted in Norfolk, and it's going to be homeported in San Diego. Hmm. And about the weekend before, or the Saturday before, or Friday before we were going to get underway that Monday, we got postponed, and that all the ships were put on note had like an hour's notice to be able to get underway to be at sea, rather than being tied up at the pier. Because yeah, and then after a while, they determined it wasn't going to come in, so they postponed it, and then they kept the minimum amount of crew there to get the ship underway, just in case it did come in to get the ship. Let's say go to, to Puerto Rico, and they would get the rest of the crew back to, to it somehow. So you went through that, but uh, it wasn't so bad because they, they sent the ships out because they didn't want the ships to be destroyed. They would have sent the ships out if they determined that the hurricane was going to come up to Norfolk. Right, right. So that's a smart thing to do. Thank you, Paul, uh, for your call. I noticed that in some of the pictures today, not naval vessels, but just lots of other boats. People didn't get them out, and they're, the boats are just getting thrashed against each other as they're uh, tied up there and waiting. Obviously, a uh, big part of the expense there in that. Um, you know, there are so many things that go on. I watch people boarding up their their businesses and their homes, and this is kind of a regular life if you live on the East Coast or in the Gulf where you have these hurricanes uh, come up every so often. And 
then you have the evacuation route. You leave town. That's part of it. 888-528-2557. If you want to share your story, 888-528-2557. Your hurricane story, if you have been in one before. Um, some thing, interesting things about hurricanes, they're, they're, they drop one, two, about 2.4 trillion gallons of rain in a day. Uh, that's incredible. Like every minute is probably how much water we get in Southern California in a year, right? I, I didn't actually do the math, but that's probably about right. Trillion is huge. That's a, just an incredible amount of water. The deadliest hurricane on record is a Category 4 storm that hit Galveston, Texas on September 8th, 1900. 8,000 people died in that one, 1900. That's a good thing about today is I think uh, we've probably had some, definitely we've had some stronger storms, but we have the technology to know it's coming and get people out uh, a lot sooner. Um, it's a, it's a, It's a kind of a misleading thing when we talk about the costs of hurricanes, and sometimes people will politicize it or we'll talk about the cost. There's a number, right, that is is there for hurricanes. And people are saying, well, the hurricanes today are, are have so much greater cost than they used to. The most expensive hurricane was Hurricane Katrina. The damages cost about $108 billion of damage was done. The thing is, it's different is that in 1900, that one hit Galveston. But if it were a few miles, you know, south or north, it would have hit nothing. And there would have been you know, hardly any damage when there's a lot more infrastructure built and a lot more uh, homes built and and other construction. Well, then there's a lot more damage. And so it's it's not necessarily a good estimate to say this hurricane was stronger than another because of the dollar amount attached to the damage. That just has more to do with where it hit and, uh, you know, how many people might have been around. You know, it might have hit certain places and certain coastlines in the United States 100 years ago and there was nothing built there could have been a stronger hurricane, but it didn't really cost very much because there was nothing to clean up. And uh, that's something that has changed uh, quite a bit. 888-528-2557. If you want to tell us your story about being in a hurricane, Jesse in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, how are you, Scott? I'm good, Jesse. So you used to live in Florida. Yes, I did. Uh, I actually moved out there in 94, and moved uh, back here in 2007. And while uh, I was living there, I actually went through a couple of storms, uh, one being Katrina and the second being uh, Wilma. Mm. Uh, Katrina, you know, did some damage to my home. Uh, I had a stick-built home with a, uh, what they call a roof fence or ridge fence. And uh, what happened with Katrina when it hit Miami is that it was a tropical storm that was sitting off the coast. It was supposed to go north, and uh, at the last minute, it turned and, and it went south, and it hit us directly. So we thought that we were dealing with a tropical storm. Nobody really went out and uh, shuttered up or got prepared. We figured, yeah, you know, it's just going to pass us like some of the other storms. And so no one really prepared, and, uh, well, lo and behold, by the time it hit us, I think it was a Category 2 I had water coming in through my windows. Bridge um, fan blew off. I had water coming in throughout the, the ceiling of the house. It was just incredible. And uh, we sustained quite a bit of damage. We had flooding. And then a month later, Wilma came in and kind of uh, finished off what uh, Katrina had started. Huh. But Katrina was not the size of the storm that you saw hit uh, Louisiana. 
Uh, it was much smaller, less intense, but it still did quite a bit of damage. Yeah. So how did you feel during all that? Did you feel like you were going to lose your life? Did you feel, uh, what's the, it's, you know, to me, I just think of it as there's so much anxiety, right? It would change the week. Oh gosh, a storm's coming or it's not coming or nah, it's not going to make it. Oh, it looks like it is going to make it. Uh, that's well, a lot to go through. I think. I mean, you, you, you bring up a good point. I mean, if you know that the storm is coming and it's going to hit you, you can prepare. You can shutter up, you can get your water, your gas, and, and then you're ready to go. You're ready to ride it out. What happened in this case is that uh, we didn't expect the storm to hit us. It was a tropical storm that was heading north, and so it caught everyone off guard. No one was really prepared for it. And how I felt, well, I was kind of upset, you know, that uh, this thing all of a sudden is uh, affecting my life, although I didn't feel like my life was in danger. It was only a cat, too. Uh, which is, you know, yeah. it's not like a cat war. I think, you know, if a cat three or four is coming, then, hey, I'm going to gas up and I'm out of there. So I just texted a, a friend of the family this morning that lives in Cape Coral, which is uh, not too far from Fort Myers, just within a few miles. And, uh, you know, I said, hey, look, I, I suggest you get out of there. He's got a couple of kids, small kids. And I said, you know, I, I suggest you get out of there. And he's like, oh, no, I, I left yesterday. You know, he took yeah. off and went to Miami. So. If you know it's coming, you can prepare or you can leave. You got to do one or the other. All right, Jesse, thank you for your call. Glad that you're okay. You know, uh, it uh, strikes me is that, you know, there's these, you know, to me, I see the, you see the hurricane coming. You get the news reports. You kind of wonder. You have a few days. You can board up. You can get out of town. Uh, You know it's coming. Uh, Earthquakes that we deal with, you know it's coming, but there's, there's not that kind of anxiety right? It's different. But the thing is, is that you and I know that an earthquake is coming to California, right? We've been told about the big one. I'm pretty sure that in around 1980, they said the big one would happen guaranteed within 30 years. And here we are at 40 years. What is the big one? Where's that going to hit? You know, that is coming. Here's a question for you. Are you prepared for the big one in California? You know, if you're not going to get four or five days of of lead time on it. You know, are you ready for that? What did you put in your earthquake kit? Do you really have one? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. David in San Clemente, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, how are you? I'm good, David. Uh, how are you? I'm, I'm well. Uh, I'm in earthquake country, and I have lived in Florida, and I also uh, I wrote out uh, Charlie. Uh-huh. Uh, just decimated Punta Gorda, which is not too far from where the hurricane is now. And it, it took a little uh, hook, just like this one. I was living in Sarasota. We got boarded up. The ang- You're absolutely right about the anxiety. You just have no idea whether a tornado is going to form. Right. And just destroy everything. There's only so much you can pack up and take with you. So, uh, but um, what I was really calling about was back in the 80s, I was on a boat in the Atlantic um, on Nantucket Island, a cabin cruiser. And uh, I don't know, I might have, I'm not sure how, 12, 13 years old. And my dad uh, took the boat over to the mainland in uh, Massachusetts to ride out the storm behind a seawall. And what struck me the most, other than the the really high tide was that all the, the lines on the masts of the sailboats were getting whipped at about 80 miles an hour. 
And uh, if you ever seen a flagpole, when when the rope holding up the flag is just pinging yeah. against that middle shaft, it would just bing, 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 constantly all night long from about I don't know a hundred sailboats. Wow! And uh, that yeah, that was just that was incredible. That has to be a sound you don't forget, like one of those just stays with you. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. It really did. Yeah. Um, even with, you know, memory fading at age 55, <laughs> that, <laughs> you, that sound, that sound, uh, every time I hear that, I'm, I'm reminded of, of that. Yep. But, um, I bet you yeah. are. David, thank you for sharing that, and uh, thanks for calling Southern California Live. You know, there are sounds, that, you know, that uh, happen usually – you know, maybe there maybe there's some good ones, you know, or sound I always remember. I was in a really bad car accident one time. With seven cars, I was right in the middle. And the sound of the windshield and the glass all around me breaking, it's just a unique sound. I'll never forget that sound. And uh it's amazing that uh uh I'm okay for that. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. We're asking if you've ever been in a hurricane and I'm curious if you're ready for an earthquake. You know, the hurricanes you get some advance notice. I think it creates a lot of anxiety because you can see it, you can watch it on the news. I was in tornado country one time and I spent half a day in a basement waiting for a tornado to come or not come. It never came. And I thought, and they had a tornado channel on cable. You just watch this channel, and there's guys in the fields going, it's landing in Farmer Phillips' you know, wheat field right now, but we're expecting it to go north. And there's reporters doing all of this. You know, with earthquakes, we don't have that. There's no you know, earthquake channel. You might have an app on your phone or something. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that we do have advance notice. We know we live in earthquake country. We know that an earthquake is coming. Are you ready for that? 888-528-2557. I have to take a break. I'll get to your calls as soon as I get back from the break. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. 888-528-2557. We're talking about Hurricane Ian, keeping an eye on that and the devastation that's going on and realizing that there's a lot of people who are struggling and hurting who are going to lose a lot. I don't know yet if people have lost their lives, but people have lost a lot of the things that they might say make up their lives, uh, at least you know physically speaking. Uh, have you ever been in a hurricane? What was that like? What was your experience? 888-528-2557. Marine and Torrance. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Hi, Marie. Uh, well, I was luckily I wasn't in the middle of it. I was in the tail end of it, but mm. I think it was back in '54 or '55. It was called Hurricane Hazel, and it came from maybe Haiti and came up the coast of USA and then crossed over uh, from New York into Ontario, Canada, where I was. And we were in a very tiny town, and it was really coming down with rain and gusty winds. And uh, I had heard that a lot of people had died, and a lot of buildings were crushed. And uh, so we were sort of petrified. I think I was like 13 or 14 years old at the time. Hmm. And um, so our little town, to get out of it, you had to cross a river or a creek, and every one of the bridges were out. 
and uh, some of us went down to one of the local ranches, and they were boarding the horses and other animals to get them out of the area because they were very close to the river. And uh, the other thing we did get to do from our local church was to feed the men and women that were out there helping everybody. And I think a couple of our houses, the basements got flooded, but that was the closest thing I ever came to a hurricane, and it was called Hurricane Hazel. Yeah, I just looked up Hurricane Hazel, so it happened in October of 1954, and uh, to date, it's still the deadliest hurricane that ever hit North Carolina. Uh, So you were on the tail end of that. Well, I'm glad that you're okay. And, uh, you know, you bring up a point is that people are going to come out and help each other. There's a lot of damage, a lot of people who need help. And uh, we need to pray for those people and uh, maybe even join them if we feel like the Lord's calling us to do that. If you want to join our conversation, the number for Southern California Live is 888-528-2557. JC and Whittier, welcome to SoCal Live. Yeah, I'm new pastor. Um, I was calling, I was actually stationed in uh, between the year 2002 and 2003 in the Panhandle, Florida, aboard NAS Pensacola. And uh, I don't remember quite what hurricanes they were, but I remember uh, having sideways, you know, uh, the van that I was driving at the time going sideways, and the, the windshield wipers not even be able to fight the force of the rain. Um, it was so intense, going, going sideways in the van, hydroplaning at like 10 miles per hour. Um, sheer, sheerly from the wind. Wow. And it, it was pretty intense. Um, yeah. well, one time we had to rescue the garrison flag, which was flying at the time, and we had to rush out and bring it into the church. It was the only place where you could lay it on the floor on hollow ground, hollow ground, and uh, it's 20 feet by 38 feet. It was the only place we could let it dry. <clears throat> that is, uh, you know, just going through that, It's, I guess maybe because Southern California, I've never been through that kind of stuff. Uh, it's just to hear about it, and you see it on TV. I've seen the winds and the, way, the rain just going sideways, right? Somebody's gotten a, some kind of storm shelter where the, the doors open a crack, and you see the storm just blowing sideways uh, right oh, yes. through. It's incredible. My, my brother was stationed at the, aboard the same uh, air station two years later uh, during Katrina, and the entire record uh, in the records building, which dated back to World War II, all got ruined, flooded uh, like six feet in the cellar. Wow. And uh, I just can't believe that kind of rain. You know, being Southern California, people drive like uh, the sky is falling when you get, you know, a few inches. <laughs> I know. We start wondering if God's punishing us just because it gets to about 50 degrees and a little bit of rain. <laughs> all right, JC, thank you for calling, and uh, glad you're okay going through that. The closest I've ever actually been to a hurricane, I was in a conference uh, in Georgia. I was staying in Atlanta a few years ago. I don't remember which hurricane it was, but there was some big one and people were evacuating. So when I got to this hotel where I was staying, there was hardly anybody there. But by night number two, the hotel was packed full of people. So people just left their house and they moved into this hotel um, like literally, I think they paid for the rooms and everything, and every hotel in town was getting sold out because of this. And, you know, I go out to the pool area, jacuzzi area. It's great when you're in a hotel by yourself because you get all that by yourself, and, um, you know, or people just don't want to get in there. If you're the first in the jacuzzi, they're not coming in. Anyway, so I'm down there, but everybody's down there in the pool and hanging out, and of course, people are having conversations, and I'm learning from all these people about their escape. And how they packed up whatever they could get. They grabbed their computers and they grabbed their photographs and the irreplaceable items, whatever they could fit in the car, and they just took off. And there wasn't really a lot of time. 
And, you know, eventually in this conversation, so I was sitting in this pool area and a lot of people on chairs, people in the jacuzzi in the pool, and we're all talking about it. And everyone's kind of getting to know each other. They're from different parts of the country down there. And I'm the one guy from California who doesn't get it, right? So I'm really asking questions about what this is like. And, you know, it was very interesting to hear their stories. But then eventually, you know, they're like, well, what do you do for a living? Well, then I have, out comes the, I'm a pastor and you know, this is what I do. And, and, you know, then of course we start having spiritual conversation. And what was really interesting to me is, you know, that's kind of a typical thing that happens, you know, when people discover that you work for a church or you were in a you know Christian radio or things like that. Uh, some people will shut down and not talk to you. Other people will start telling you, you know, what relatives they have go to mass somewhere and, you know, they'll try to make some connection. But once in a while, and other people just ignore you, but other sometimes people, I had a guy one time at a, literally sitting literally right next to me at a wedding. Um, and uh, I'm sitting there and I wasn't doing the wedding. He didn't know me. What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a pastor. He literally turned his chair and his back to me and didn't talk to me the whole rest of the time. That happens sometimes. I think, Okay. Here, though, everybody started talking about spiritual things, and we ended up having a great conversation about the fact that nothing is promised to us in this world other than uh, we're going to be born, and one day our life is going to go, and you never know when that's going to happen. And I had the greatest conversations inviting people back to church, talking about their spiritual life, and most people had some church background, but had left, you know, hadn't been back to church for a long time. And of course, when you're going through a hard time, when you're going through a disaster, some people will respond and say, why God, why are you, why are you allowing this? But other people will get very introspective and realize I'm really far away from God. And the only thing I really have, the only promises that really are guaranteed to me are those promises I heard about from Jesus. And you start to wonder if they're true. Uh, can I encourage you through this as as we pray and as we think about people who are going through this? There's a lot of people right now asking spiritual questions. Maybe they're crying out to God in anger why you're letting this happen. Maybe they're crying out and going, uh, you know, and, and maybe repenting a little bit and really questioning. There's a whole lot going on with that. Uh, think about that as we pray for those people, but also for you. Um, how you doing? Experts predict in California a huge earthquake will happen in California at any moment. That's the headline I'm reading right now. Experts predict huge earthquake at any moment. And so we do know what's coming. We know something is coming. When Jesus was asked, you know, what are the signs of the end of the earth? You know, what he told people is, don't be deceived. Make sure you have the right idea of what really is going on. How are you doing with that? Are you prepared? Are you ready? I mean, any of us could meet Jesus at any time, at any time. Jesus could come back at some point here. Uh, At any time, we're going to meet Jesus. Think about that for your life. That's the thing that's important. Your relationship with, with Jesus Christ, who the Bible tells us is the God of this universe. He is the Savior. He is the one and only Savior, the way, the truth, and the life. He's the one that matters, that if there is life after death, if there is everlasting life, and I believe that we're going to spend eternity somewhere, if you want to spend it in paradise, which is not Florida, and it's not California, as much as we love our state. It is to be with the Lord in the new heaven and new earth. If you want to spend it there, then you need to look to Jesus Christ, that he died for your sins. He rose again from the dead, proving that he defeated death, that we don't have to fear death 
that if we believe in Jesus, he's taken care of everything spiritual for us. Think of that. Let me pray for what's going on, and uh, we'll wrap up here in just a second. God, thank you for being with us. And right now we're thinking of all the people in Florida, our fellow citizens and uh, human beings who are made in your image, who are in terrible shape, some who are fleeing, some who are staying, and maybe they shouldn't, some who are staying because they're heroes and their job is to keep the power on or do different things. We pray for all of their safety. We pray that everybody is, uh, that there's no loss of life here. God, we pray mostly for people's souls that they would turn to you, that this would be an opportunity to share the gospel, an opportunity for the church to be the church and be present and to comfort people as they suffer, help people rebuild, serve people in this way, and that everybody who might be questioning spiritual things, that they would turn to you. We ask, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Something to always think about. There's something going on that is uh, pretty deep happening there. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. And if you are in the Los Angeles area and uh, you are thinking about uh, Money Matters, the Disciplines of Money Management uh, Financial Stewardship Workshop is this Saturday, October 1st. It's free. It's from 10 to noon at Core Church Los Angeles. And you can go to kkla.com and find the Disciplines of Money Management um, banner and click on it. I'm going to be there and there'll be people there to help you with a whole lot of different things. Um, that if you're struggling financially, if you're wondering whether or not you ought to make a certain investment to buy a house or rent or purchase or lease a car or how do I get out of debt, those kinds of things, I encourage you to be there. This one's near and dear to my heart. I'm excited to be there because I know that when you get things right financially, whatever that means, it it helps you out throughout your entire testimony, your whole life. Go to kkla.com, click on the Disciplines of Money Management banner right there. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll see you again tomorrow. God bless. All right. Yeah, we got some calls. I figured there must be somebody who's been in a hurricane in this town. Yeah. It's probably the other way, though. If we were in Florida, have you ever been in an earthquake? I bet it lights up because... So many Californians out there. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a five. It's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. Even a six, eh, probably not that bad. Some things fall off the shelves, but you're probably fine. You know, when you get into this, yeah, you get into the sevens, you know, well, then you may not be able to drive on the roads. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.